The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hello. Good day, friends, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers. Thieves. It's Dave. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, we encourage you to share it with a friend. And if you don't like it, then you know what? Nuts to you. Um, we're trying really hard here at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. But um, please share it. It's the way we spread the good juju. Thanks right off the top to our sponsors, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the nation, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. In, now, kids, do you like sports? I know you do. Do you like successful businessmen? I know you do. Do you like guys that are just awesome? Well, if you do like those things, um, this is the best I could do, actually, is my friend Nick. No, I'm kidding. He's all those things. My friend, Nick Ypsilantis, is here today in studio. How's it going, my friend? It's going very well. Thank you. Jeez, I got. I feel like I got a big thing to live up to. I got Tom Brady bobblehead looking, <laughs> looking at me. So uh, You do. Lo- loyal listeners may recall we have but two bobbleheads carefully selected here in the Pod 617 studios in Westwood. They are Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, and Ron, Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy, the patron saint of podcasting as far as we are concerned. And he actually has a podcast now. Do, were, you a, were you a fan of Anchorman, the movie? Uh, yes, I was. Well, yeah. Have yeah. you heard that, his podcast yet? Or? Oh, I have not heard yeah. that podcast yet. He I does, listened to a few of them. He, and I'm not kidding when I say it's Ron Burgundy's podcast. It's obviously comedian Will Ferrell, but he does it in character, and it is hilarious. So it's not our podcast, but it's a great podcast, so you should, you should listen. So Nick is co-founder, president, and CEO of AccuFile. You've been doing this for years you started when you're four years old i guess because Thank you. you couldn't possibly be as old as the record would reflect but um it's an information management company primarily serving law firms it's among the best uh my days at lawyers weekly my 15 years 15 years at lawyers weekly wow. was always um great to do business with with nick um how long how long when did you start the business started in 1986 summer of 86 and uh from what it was back then, as you would know well, the industry, mm-hmm. it was all paper, all books, yeah. all filing. Uh, now it's all virtual, electronic. So talk about, uh, I keep telling the people that work with me, uh, we changed the ties on the race car while it was running around the track <laughs> and we're still trying to do it. Well, and good on you because <laughs> certain companies just can't pivot when they need to. I'm thinking of the Betamax company, for example. I don't know what happened to them. Um, you know, you, you you, you were, and you learned, I take it, you were in the, you weren't in the paper business, you were in the information business. We were always in information. Right. Yeah. So Platform th- change, that's all. Yeah, so the, yeah. no one has broken the news to fictional Dunder Mifflin regional manager Michael Scott that the paper industry <laughs> is a dying industry. Uh, I guess it, it, he finally left the company at the end of that show, The Office, of course, but um, that was a funny moment in that yeah. where he was going to break off and form his own company. Publishing yeah. company, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. M- just more paper, 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 and and his buddy Jim says, Michael, do you realize the industry's in decline? He said, Sure, I 
I invented decline practically. And said, You're really going to start a paper business in this climate? And he says, yeah, in all climates, all climates. Anyway, um, don't get me started, Michael Scott. Well, um, Nick is a uh, native of Arlington, Massachusetts. Arlington. As such, yep. he qualified. And also, by the way, I should mention, he is the ho- co-host co-host of the radio show bench warmers do i have that right the bench warmers the bench warmers okay and that's um you find that sundays noon to 1 15 50 a.m is it what's the call letters of your station there wntn wntn where where howard stern you told me yeah began cut his chops and um cut his teeth and uh and so if history is a guide within 10 or 15 years you will be a a brutal, ruthless shock jock, right? Is that oh, what's yeah, next? I have all that in me. Sure I am. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear my mother if I ever did something like him. What You'll are be, you doing? Well, you were telling me you've been conditioned not to not to curse on the air. when you, And so, 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 kids, if you tuned in for the swear words today, I'm sorry to disappoint you and screw you. That's not even a swear. Anyway, um, so he qualifies for the Boston Vault. That's a segment we do where we lock Nick. Oh, here come the arm guards right now. We uh, we lock you in the vault, and where are my sound effects? Come on, vault, do some make some metal. Oh, there we go. Okay. And what's going to happen is we're going to ask Nick some questions about. Jeez, uh, really loud today. This is cool <laughs> stuff. I'm liking this. This is exactly you got everything here. Well, we don't let you out of the Boston vault unless you quit yourself answering questions about our fair city. And since uh, you are. Um, now, the show, the, the bench warmers, it, it connotes sports, of course. So you talk a lot of sports. Talk a lot of sports. My fellow co-hosts, uh, right. they're all Irish guys, Ted Dimitriotis, Ted D- <laughs> Bill Galatis. Uh, it's early in the morning, but I still got the joke. I <laughs> Nick think, Markopoulos. <laughs> I think there's some Greek guys in the house. Yeah, there's four of us that are on there. Right? You must have been really busy during Kevin Euclid's, oh, although he's not <laughs> Greek. Sorry, I screwed that one up. Who's the greatest Greek... Uh, Athlete. Athlete. Pro, pro well, athlete. if you go back, it's yeah. uh, what's that? Um, Harry Aganis? Uh, Harry Aganis. Thank go. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Harry Aganis is uh, huge. Uh, yeah. In fact, I used to, I heard about him growing up. My dad went to BU with him. He, is Harry right? was a year or two older than my dad. Uh-huh. So we used to hear about Harry all the time. I mean, there's locals. Uh, so he knew, he knew him? He knew him. Was what yeah. did he? What was his impression of again? It's good guy. I mean, really good guy. Yeah. Great guy. Very impressive guy. He carried himself very well. Played um, played. Uh, let's see, baseball and basketball, football, uh, football, all, all three. All he three? was a baseball okay. player, basketball player, and football player. Football was his claim. Uh, well, he, he played for the Red Sox. He did that's play for the Red Sox. Yeah. That's when he passed away. Yeah. Uh, but he was an outstanding basketball player. Whatever he did, and think about it, he took the BU to basically to the level of what Clemson is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it was an unheard of school, and as soon as he left, they went. You know, they never were the same. So uh, yeah. And if you go visit BU today, they name the they name the hockey rink after. Yeah, the again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, it's good they name the hockey rink because that's the one that's going to stick around. The, the football, that's the football program. That's probably the yeah. one sport he really didn't. I'm sure he, he skated play. him out, but uh-huh. he didn't play. You right. know? But uh, hey, what the heck? You know. Uh, you and there's Fred Smurlis. Oh, Freddie. Yeah. Freddie's my cousin. Is that right? Cousin Fred. Have we ever talked about this? No, for real. He's, I don't, your cousin. he's my cousin for real. Grew well, up with him. him. He's my mom's side of the family. Grew so, up in. Waltham. Waltham, sorry, I was going to say yeah. Waltham, and played for Waltham High, played for Boston College, played, yep. was um, a perennial all-pro for the Buffalo Bills, later played for the Patriots. Yep. Um, 
nutty guy. I, I met him through a, I met him through his agent. Actually, you know what? I'm not, let me correct myself. I, I almost pulled up Brian Williams there. I'm not sure if I've ever <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever met Fred. Oh Smiles. come on, let's go. Let's I have th- a little yeah, more fun. Let's remember. <laughs> let's misremember. But I think um, I might have spoken to Fred on the phone. But his agent is a guy named who I'm still in touch with, Jack Mueller. I don't know if you ever oh, crossed yeah. paths with Jack. So, I sure so have. I'll give a shout out to Jack. Wonderful lawyer and when i got out of law school in 1993 and was just just horribly unemployed um i figured i might as well take a shot at working for a sports agent found jack muley said he said david i I can't pay anything but if you want to come in and help me with some work come on in and um (laughs) that was the best offer i had at the time (laughs) and he was a super nice guy i learned a few things about the industry he he actually and then good success story because he represented a few football players mostly ex BC guys like Mike Ruth and and Sean Jones and he later was recruited by Bob Wolf Associates which was the the model business if you were a sports agent you wanted to work for Bob Wolf and then later worked for the Patriots Jack Mueller was the first person to tap Adam Vinatieri on the helmet after he kicked the, really? the field goal that gave us our I first I did not know pick. that. Yeah. Wow. All right, I have to stop battling. You're the one in the vault. vault. No, okay. no, no, go ahead. Well, your expert bench warmers opinion how deep crap is Alex Cora in right now? <laughs> now, we're, yeah. we're recording this on a Tuesday, and the news is that Cora was involved in this scheme to uh, use a camera to relay signals so that it's essentially signal stealing. I guess when he was on the Astros and on the Red Sox? That's the room. Yeah. That's the word, yeah. So and, the, just... and the Astros uh, manager has already been canned and suspended? Or what? Yeah. yeah, he's been canned. So what do you uh, think? And so isn't the GM. I think Cora's in deep trouble. Yeah. Um, I was telling you before we, we uh, got on the podcast is tomorrow evening I'm going to be at an event at Bentley, my yeah. alma mater, mm-hmm. and uh, Cora is supposed to be the key, keynote speaker. I want you in the front mm-hmm. row, Nick. <laughs> Raise my hand yeah, right away. Don't hold back. <laughs> Did you really do it? I <laughs> wonder. I wonder if he'll. I bet. I want. If I had yeah. to guess, I bet you he shows up and and politely requests that he's not going to discuss that. If you were him, would you do that? I probably would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd show up, but uh, I think he's he's very. There's a strong possibility he's done. There was rumors about even you know at least this late stage who's going to be the uh, new manager. He goes yeah. and there's a Jason Veritek has been brought up, which he's been rumored for a while. But I think this yeah. whole thing is you, all of a sudden you're hearing rumors the Yankees were doing it, the Dodgers were doing it. It's this could be the steroid thing. Everybody's doing it. And what in in terms of now, did you play baseball as a young man at all? Did you play? I did. Yeah. I played Little League and then up to just before Babe or Babe Ruth or something. Okay. I wasn't a great ball player. Neither was I. I I was on the varsity team mainly because they had to take all the seniors and I wanted to go on the Florida trip, which was <laughs> during the spring. <laughs> oh, we, about, yeah. For me, you know you're not a good ball player. I was fast. Yep. So the coach said, okay, we know you can't hit, so lean in and get hit by the ball so you can get on base. <laughs> no, it hurts. Just lean in. <laughs> okay. Like poor poor Rudy Gerner and the, the Bad News Bears and Walter Mathau sent him up there and said, lean your shoulder in. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. That was me. You can't, as they say, you can't steal first base. Right. That's, although... um. Although I was told there's some weird rule that you might be able to steal first base. Uh, never mind. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. However, um, what do you, th- how in, in the scope of crimes or sins or, mis- or bad things that ball players do, where does this rank for you? Is, is, this, is this as terrible as some say it is? I don't think so. 
I think that they've been doing stealing signs for years, mm-hmm. uh, dating back to, I don't know, Babe Ruth era. I mean, yep. uh, Ted Williams era. I mean, it was just, it's technology now. They're utilizing technology and cameras. I mean, it's, uh, do I think firing the, uh, uh, the GM and the, and the and the manager for the Houston Astros was an overreaction. Yeah, me too. I do. Me too. I think they should be fined and uh, and then move on. You I, know? Yeah, I think to me it sounds like a fine and a ten game suspension. Let's yep. get on with our lives. They broke a rule. Like I, I I fear we live in this culture these days, and maybe Twitter has something to do with it. Like like within a uh, you know few characters on a tweet, you can be judge, jury, and executioner, and say this person's a, a cheater. They get them out. I hate cheaters. And you know what? Who among us has not broken a rule before? Uh, I think people don't talk about really that it's it's that whole label. And Tom Brady got it, you know, and and people still call the Patriots cheaters. Yeah. Even if even if I mean, I I think they were, you know, largely BS. But even if you broke a rule like what? uh, To me, it's a it's a game. It's a game. It's a game. Sometimes people are going to break the rules and break the rules, dole out the penalty. And move on. They, they, this is not a crime against humanity. You know? There were bigger right? things going on in this world. Yeah. Oh, it's the integrity of the game. Yeah. It's a game. It's you a game. Yeah. The ga- you know, why it's does the game. game need to have so much integrity? I like my game to have tradition yeah. and nostalgia and great moments. And yes, I want it to be played fair, of course. But does it need to have integrity? I mean, <laughs> come on. Lighten up, everybody. I, someone I was sparring with someone on Facebook yesterday, and he said they cheated and... And, um, you know, get them out. I hate that they ruined everything. And, and I said, how much uh, cannabis do you need to get your horse that high? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, final note on that. The, um, I bet you know this. 1951 uh, Giants baseball team, New York Giants, yep. were known for what uh, um, iconic moment. You remember, right? Come on, Nick. That's okay. We'll help. We'll, I'll give I you. forget. It was so the Giants won the pennant. The Giants won the pennant. Yeah. So it was. Um, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I don't know if it was the final day. I know my 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 dad saw you as his beloved Dodgers lost. Um, it was a home run. It was that's right. A, yeah, Bobby but Thompson. I, Bobby Thompson. Bobby Thompson. So 1951 shot um, around the shot, world. There yeah. you go. I knew you knew it, Nick. <laughs> Good for you. Um, so years later, it was revealed. Now, without question, the 1951 Giants had a scheme to steal signs for much of the season. Yeah. They used a military scope positioned in center field. Yeah. 1951! That's advanced stuff. Yeah, for that, for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what? It's the exact same thing that Cora just did. And I guess back then it wasn't technically against the rules. Right. So, but if you go back to any year, there'll be, yep. there'll be, there'll be some sign stealing thing. It's it's now you broke a rule, fine, move on. But it's it's all it's a gray area. It's gamesmanship. It's yes. it's Red Auerbach turning the the heat up to 110 degrees well, in the I visitors' club. <laughs> See, we love yeah. it, right? Because yes. it's clever. And look at he got him again. Yeah. Nobody says, "Oh, he's a cheater. Keep him out of the Hall of Fame." No, it's it's come on, people, get over it's yourself. Taking advantage of the situation, I guess. But I, I, it's. The dead spots on the garden floor. Yeah. You know, no, don't fix those. He didn't no. have those fixed intentionally. No, because Tiny knows where all those spots <laughs> are, so he's going to use them to his advantage, which I never I never really truly believed. No. I mean, I could, I, I, I could barely, you know, keep track of dribbling myself. I could never, like, worry about where the dead spot. <laughs> then again, these guys are better than me. Um, let's, um, let me ask you a couple more questions about, so you grew up in Arlington. Yep. Tell us uh, your favorite memory of, of, a uh, place you used to go in Arlington, whether it be an ice cream shop or a burger shop, or what was just sort of local? Oh, yeah. 
Tell Butter- me about that. Buttrix. What was Buttrix? Or, or it was an ice cream sandwich, kind of like a Brigham's, kind of you know, you that, that, uh, right behind the high school. Uh-huh. That was the place to go. Still there or no? Uh, no, long no, gone. Now it's okay. uh, condos. What was, your, like what was your go-to order at? You said Buttrix, right? Buttrix. Buttrix. Oh, you have yeah. to say well, that carefully. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, we called it other things, but <laughs> we sure said we weren't going to say man. anything on the air. So <laughs> Okay, right. What was yeah. your go-to? Oh, I always liked the hot fight Sunday. Nice. You know, I mean, and they had a great cheeseburger and french fry. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. There is something about french fries from a snack bar, mm-hmm. uh, an ice cream stand, um, if you're at the beach, if there's a little pop-up, or bowling alley. For some reason... Bowling I, alley, really? Well, have you ever had a bad uh, order of fries from a bowling alley? They're usually extra crispy. They are extra crispy. That's I mean, a good point. Yeah. Well, uh, you don't right. want to think about how long that oil's been sitting in the, in the oh, God, container. No. That's why it tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I think you've successfully uh, negotiated your way out of the Boston vault. We're going to let Nick out. Well done, my friend. I made it. Wow. You made it. You made it. I'm That's glad we agree on the science dealing thing. Get over yourselves, people. Oh, Cheater, shut so up. With, yeah, don't get me onto the Brady inflation. Oh, good, oh, good forget Lord. Forget it. Let's go. Who among us is without sin? I ask you. Uh, we're going to hear more from Nick and a lot more to talk about his business. He uh, He's also the president of this awesome organization that um, will continue to salute the Greeks. It's Greek Day today on the Boston Podcast, as far as I'm concerned. And um, let me tell you about our sponsor right now, U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States. From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public, the workers you see are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop an advanced career so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at the website, usps.com slash careers. Apply today. The U.S. Postal Service deliver for the nation. It's the first time this year that I've gotten through that live read. You did a good job. Fumbling. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank all of you. And... That's the show. No, I'm kidding. We're going to keep talking with Nick. Said so, it would be quick, but I didn't think that not, quick. Not that quick. So so tell us about the um, Alpha Omega Council. Um, so I know it's, it's. Uh, I, I take it it celebrates Greek heritage and, and whatnot, but tell us more. Yeah, so it's an organization that was founded back in 1976 uh, to really promote Hellenism and the culture and the heritage and uh you know, emerge the next uh, business leaders, entrepreneurship. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a pretty cool organization. I uh, recently now been named president. I'm just into my year two of a two-year term. And, uh Yeah, thank you. It's a, it's a great group. It's uh, Four more years. Four more, oh, no. two more years? Yeah, one more year. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's a lot of work. You I, know, running I your own imagine, business sir. and doing it. But, right. uh, and uh, all the volunteer, volunteer basis? I'll volunteer. Yeah, okay, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah, you don't make anything on this one. In fact, you pay to, <laughs> you pay to do it. Sure. So, sure. Uh, but we meet uh, monthly. We have uh, interesting meetings, speakers. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had people like Admiral Stavridis, uh, mm-hmm. who you see on TV all the time. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, professors, we've had, um, Mike Dukakis ever make it up? Well, we see him all the time. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, cool. I see the yeah. governor. Governor's yeah. a great guy. He's yeah. a sharp as attack. That guy. He, he really is. So I, it was one of the first interviews I did on this podcast, as a matter of fact, and I was alongside, uh, my friends, Max Perlman and Sarah Worley, who I think, you know, yeah. and, um, we just, we went, to, we met, uh, the governor at his office at 
Northeastern, right? Northern? Northeastern. Mm, I'll have to look that up. I I'm think sure. it is Northeastern. Yeah. He's right now. He's at U- he's out in UCLA. He's a smart guy. He got out of town in the winter. Super smart. He's yeah. a true scholar, and he sat and talked with us for a couple hours. And um, okay, so he's not the most dynamic speaker in the world. <laughs> I mean, I think he himself would admit that. However, I would the, agree. The, the, <laughs> however, I the, love him, but I, I actually tried. I actually had um, like a. Uh, almost an awkward moment, but I think he just ignored me. I mentioned that in the in the film, I believe it's um, Naked Gun, either the second Naked Gun movie, one of these crazy comical movies with Leslie Nielsen. And the scene is he's sitting despondently in a bar, and the, the, the thing is you can tell everyone in this bar is down on their luck. Everything is bad. And then the, and the decor of the bar is true to form. So there's actually a picture of the Hindenburg, and then there's a picture of the Titanic, and then the next picture is of Mike Dukakis <laughs> as, a, as a goof on his unsuccessful presidential run. And I tried to ask him if he had seen that in the movie, and he looked at me like I had three heads, and I was like, never mind. Go never mind. Let's, Keep let's, moving on. He didn't have the on. helmet on, did he? No, okay. no. Okay, that's good. You know what? I wonder if this day and age, if it would have been forgiven a little bit more because for those that don't know and if you grew up around here you 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 will remember that mike dukakis began as the favorite in the presidential campaign 1988 uh, against george bush and quickly lost that lead (laughs) uh, buoyed by an unfortunate photo shoot he did in a tank wearing an army helmet and you know what i i mean i get it the photo on the screen here nick he doesn't look that bad in that photo. I think he looks he actually looks pretty cool. good. He's, good. He's pointing his finger. He yeah. looks powerful. Yeah. He looks very I, army-like. You know, but, people, but he became, he was mocked for it. as just pretty looking, cool. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. I know. Well, this was probably not the photo. We're looking at a photo of him again. He looks kind of dashing in this photo. And it, that's probably not the photo that doomed him. It's probably a, a different <laughs> one um, where he just, he just looked like, uh, in this one photo, he looked like a kid dressed up for Halloween. And, and that was symbolic of him losing the lead and and then you know i mean he he beca- sadly f- for in, in the national eye he became a little bit of a punchline you know john lovitz per- portrayed him on on saturday night live yeah, just going yeah. and then and then you got dana carvey doing the the silly bush like bush thousand points of light <laughs> not gonna do it and lovitz You're going I'm, lo- I'm losing to this guy um <laughs> but anyway i i'm babbling too much about i love mike dukakis and he he's He's a gentleman. He's always you see him walking around Brookline and All he'll, the time. he'll and he'll stop and talk to you. Oh yeah, I've seen yeah. him in downtown Boston, you know, walking along the Greenway and I go, "Governor, how are you?" Yeah. And and he remembers the name, you Isn't know, not, you know, I don't I see him a lot more now as president mm-hmm. of Alpha Omega. In fact, I sat with him at a gala about about a month, month and a half ago. So, uh, mm-hmm. real nice guy. Uh, we've had other speakers though, Lou Evangelitis. Mm-hmm. Lou is the uh, sheriff of Worcester County. Cool. And he's now the ch- and he's currently the chair of the board of Massport. Excellent, interesting speaker. One tall dude, six mm-hmm. seven, six foot seven. So uh, where do you guys meet? We rotate it. You okay. know, we typically different restaurants, different hotels. You know, the Senesta has been a spot for a while. Um, the uh, old fifty seven. You nice. know, the uh, hotel in there was a big uh, spot. But then, you know, anywhere that uh, we decide we want to go, and we have a couple of nice meetings. Uh, down at the seaport, legal seafoods or something like that. We had our holiday party, Christmas party at the at the casino. Oh, how is it? I haven't been yet. It's a it's a cool spot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a gambler, mm-hmm. but it's it's pr- 
pretty darn nice. It's, uh, you know, I thought the Mohican Sun would look pretty cool. Uh, this is even better. So uh, You used to run your own paper-based company. I'd say you're a little bit of a gambler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why I don't. We, we yeah, talked yeah, yeah, we, we talk yeah. about that. But, um, but there's yeah, cool things. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's excellent. Yeah, I haven't been over to the, to the win. Go. It, uh, yeah, I'm intimidated by it'll be like um you know 4 p.m on an afternoon and i happen to have a meeting in boston I go maybe i'll pop over there and i punch it into the gps machine and it says it, it's it's like th- four miles away which is going to take me 45 minutes to get there and i get intimidated it's a little hard to get there i guess right Unless it is take, not easy yeah. you know i mean it's uh you just got to hit it right I, yeah. I think one time i went was uh 3:30 on a wednesday afternoon and surprisingly i got there with no traffic i was yeah. shocked yeah so it's a it's a cool spot you i think go it's cool it i'm not a huge gambler either but it's it's a different we're all looking for different new forms of entertainment right i mean we get bored these days and so to me it's my it's it used to be uh 100 bucks i'd be like 100 bucks that's my yep. that's i go in with 100 bucks if i lose fine and then i noticed i was losing that in about seven minutes and four blackjack hands <laughs> so I, I might be up to like 200 now but if it's gone at the end of the night it's gone i had fun you know well, well they changed the minimums it used to be 50 dollar minimum per table what yeah oh, they dropped it out. they had I'm to out. i think it's i think they got 5 dollar tables they had to oh. nobody was going to go you're in everett yeah you did know? you did you play well, i know you're not a huge gambler but did you play blackjack as a as a young man ever oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i, I um, since i went to school in philly atlantic city was not too long a drive over the bridge and so we used to go and I remember two of my fraternity brothers um, were so, they loved it so much. Sometimes they won. It was either they won like 500 bucks or they came back completely penniless. And on the nights when they came back penniless, they famously sped through the, the toll booth over the bridge because they literally didn't have 50 cents to throw into the basket. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good times. Good times. Those are funny times at college. So you guys yeah. weren't part of that. What was that ring out of MIT that was making oh, them millions? No. You know? oh, okay. Yeah, the, the MIT blackjack team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a great book. And they made a movie of it. And Correct. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bringing yeah. down the house. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing down the house. Thank yeah, you. yeah, I met. Is it um, Ben Mesrick? Is that the guy that wrote it? I yeah. want to say that is. Man, look it up, people. I don't need to do all the work for you. But um, yeah, it's for those that don't know. Um, great, great book. Um, not so great a movie. Okay, movie starring Kevin Spacey. But um, oh, are we allowed to say his Kevin Spacey's name anymore? I you saw know, him at a hotel in Boston recently. Yeah, about uh, about a month ago. Did he look like he was in? Did he look? Did he look okay? He looks a little creepy. <laughs> well, maybe that's because I know see, what I he's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He was walking by, and I'm looking at him, and he's, he's staring at me. And okay, yeah. Uh, well, you know, we're not going to get into that old thing. I don't. No, I certainly don't. Not, I certainly yeah. don't condone what he did, but it's it's weird for me because people used to tell me I look like Kevin Spacey, and which which I always thought was oh. I, I never knew how to react to it because I always thought he's an amazing actor, but uh, I mean he's not the most handsomest guy in the world. So what am I supposed <laughs> to say? Now people never tell me anymore, and what I think is happening is they look and they might say that guy looks like Kevin Spacey, but I'm not going to tell him because <laughs> then I'm calling him a creep. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> See, if we all looked like Marlon Brando, like you, Nick, we wouldn't have such problems. But so to go back to uh, Alpha Omega, if you don't mind, yeah. tell, tell me 
about your uh, growing up um, was being this. This this will sound simplistic, but I'll, I'm taking a shot anyway. Was being Greek always important to you? Yeah, it was something that we all grew up with. You know, be proud of your heritage and hold on to your culture. It's foundational to what you are and who you are, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so I always grew up, and in the Greek community, the best way to do that was to go to the church, the Greek Orthodox Church. So mm-hmm. that's really where you got your heritage and culture, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how we grew up, and actually, that's how I met my wife. You know, in the choir loft, her father was the priest. How about that? Yeah, so Greek uh, love story. Greek love story, yeah. and. <laughs> Have you been back to uh, back? I said, have you been to Greece? And it, yep. do, I mean, do you have a sense of where your ancestors came from? Anything like that? Or yeah, so there's a little bit of a, some interesting history to the family. The name Ypsilanus is a fa- is a famous name in in Greek culture and Greek history. Oh, I like that. Uh, they were revolutionaries. They were uh, the uh, Alexander and Demetrius uh, Ypsilantis were basically the beginnings of the uh, overthrow of the Ottoman Empire. Really, so they've been thought oh. of as a not a George Washington type, but it's a historic name. There's mm-hmm. some royalty. There's uh, a Prince Philip Ypsilantis that dates even further back. Um, you know, I so even they, I always thought you had a regal nature to you, Nick. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it so there's a little history. So uh, you know, my dad's family they ended up settling in Asia Minor, right off the coast of uh, on the Turkish coast of uh, the uh, Aegean. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so they, uh, that's where my dad is and my mother's side of the family. Uh, by the way, my parents were all born and raised here, but right. they grew up near you, you know, the city of Kalamata, the Pelom- Peloponnese, mm-hmm. where the fingers are, mm-hmm. yeah, right in that region. So, and you, I, you have visited? I have visited. Yep. Uh, I've been to Greece now only twice, uh, so mm-hmm. as recently as I think 2007. Mm-hmm. And there he is, Demetrius. Yeah, we're, we're looking at a, a shot of, it looks like a portrait drawn of Demetrius, Ypsilantis, who looks like he born seventeen ninety three and passed away eighteen thirty two. Yep. Um, he what? This is so cool. He looks. He looks. He looks like I'm gonna make a stupid. He looks like Sergeant Pepper in that. And then he, <laughs> you know he does. He's, we, he's wearing the Sergeant Pepper garb long before the Beatles did, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he was a member of a prominent Greek family, as you said. Ypsilantis, yeah. Nick's family, a, a dra- now what's a Drago man? That's so cool. I want to be a Drago. Man. Yeah, a I, Drago I it, man of the yeah. Ottoman Empire. It, uh, that must be a, an officer of some sort, right? It is. Yeah. Um, and my son is Alexander. That's his name. So that's where he got. His name Alexander Ypsilantis. Yeah, well, there you go. And that was uh, that was Demetrius's brother. How about and that? And he was the son, they were the son of Prince Constantine. Mm-hmm. So and there was another Prince Philip. So uh, so there's some history there. Do you think Greek people have common traits? And if so, what are they? I mean, like personality traits. Yeah, they're well, very warm, very mm-hmm. open, very welcoming, uh, loud. <laughs> you walk into a Greek house, it isn't going to be a quiet house. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Many of us have seen my big fat Greek wedding, which is... It's not too far afield. Is that Let right? Me you, I mean, there's, you know, it gets a little bit over the edge, like yeah. spitting. You know, they don't spit like that, but they right. do spit, you know, they make a mimic a spit, you know. Yeah. I never heard about the Windex. We didn't I, have the Windex. Yeah, thing. I was yeah. always wondering if the Windex, but if you haven't seen the film, it, it's hilarious. And yeah. um, the I'm going to forget the name of the actress who it was... It was Sort of quasi auto autobiographical, and she was wonderful. Uh, it's, oh, Mar- it, Mar- um, Kenic, uh, not Canicreides. That's the other lady. Uh, we'll come up with it, but, yeah. but it's it's uh, as the title suggests. It's um, you know a hilarious look uh, at a, an upcoming wedding and um, all the weird characters. I know Andrea Martin, the comedian. She's in that movie. I don't think she is. 
Greek, um, no. te- technically, but but um, but the uh, the writer uh, Nia Verdalos is her name. Thank That's, you. Sorry for yeah. stammering on that one, but I should have yeah. known. And she, she's awesome. But the father, who's hilarious thinks that Windex cures everything, including, you know, you can clean your windows, but it's also great for skin ailments. And oh, yeah, you got a wart, use a <laughs> <Yeah>. Windex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wonder if that is, is based on something true or if it's just a lovable family quirk, you know? I, I think it was more a lovable family yeah. quirk. Because like I said, I never remember growing up with that. But uh... My grandmother, um, who was born in what is now Belarus and came over here. And, and eventually we used to visit her at her apartment in, in Brookline. She just always made us cake. Like no matter what time of the day it was, we were eating her cake. I mean, Jewish grandmother. I mean, I guess, although she was hardly louder. I mean, she was, you know, she was a child who grew up in the, you know, the, the shadow of the Holocaust. And so she was kind of quiet, but like every time we'd go over and spend some time with Nana, my parents would come back and they'd say, how were the kids? And she'd say, they were such good boys. They ate all of their cake, all of their cake. <laughs> cake for breakfast, cake for Yeah, the- always the cake. She had the cherry cake, the chocolate cake. It just Ooh, keep the cake coming. Cherry cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was actually her, her specialty. So um, once again, uh, so, oh, by the way, if, if people want to... Um, learn more about Alpha Omega. Is there a website they can go to? Or? AlphaOmegaCouncil.org. There you go. And is it, so it, is it, it's a national organization? Nope, no, it's local. It's just, very right. regional. Excellent. 190 90 to, 90 to 95 members. So I've been to, you've been to Greek twice. I've, I've Gre- Greek, uh, Greece. Yeah. Um, I've been once and um, the, the sort of personality traits that you outlined for the Greeks, uh, I would completely agree with from my brief stay there now this was this was one of the best vacations my my i'm not um married anymore but we're, we're friends and our, my wife at the time had family her her folks knew some family and then some friends over in greece so we went over and like this sort of multi-generational entourage came together and I paid for nothing. I was, I, which was oh, yeah. one the, of the reasons why it was so great. I was probably not like, unusual, right? I yeah. was probably like twenty-two years old. But the parents, the the, the older people, are paying for everything, which was wonderful. And we uh, spent a couple days in Athens, which was very cool to see. I don't know how that city is doing now. At the time, it was sort of struggling. It, it still is. Yeah, yeah it's worse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. with the downturn of the economy yeah. and you know the crisis that they had there. Uh, it's um it, they they have stabilized. It mm-hmm. hasn't gotten it's worse than when you saw it in two thousand two. Right, or, yeah. yeah, right around there. Right, yeah, yeah. So or maybe yeah. even earlier, maybe mid nineties. But yeah. we noticed right away because the, the the they were planning for the Olympics, and I don't know ah, I don't know if those Olympics went off without a hitch. I mean, they went off, but um, it was it was the traffic. It was the it just seemed like an untenable city to get around. Um, uh, it was really hot. I remember. <laughs> I forget. It's super hot. Yeah, and I forget why the particular place we were staying didn't have air conditioning, but I did not sleep that night. So, but great to see that city. But then we went to um, Mykonos and uh, yeah. talk about paradise. I mean, yeah. just n- not only is it absolutely gorgeous, you know, the the water is you know as as blue as the sky. Um, the beach is beautiful. The people beautiful. <laughs> I mean, the whole deal and. Then Greeks love their food, right? Yeah, yeah. So do, do you, in, in your family, whether extended or otherwise, do you still cook traditional Greek meals? Or We do, not as much. You know, my wife is Greek, uh, but uh, we don't cook as, uh, I, I shouldn't say that. We have spanakopita and okay. uh, that's spinach pie and tiropita cheese pie. And, no uh, baba ganoush? 
No, that's not Greek. Oh, that's not Greek. No, no, Middle no, Eastern. No, that's Sorry, Middle Eastern. Yeah. So, uh, Damn. yeah. <laughs> but we'll have. Uh, I make. I make a, <laughs> Sorry. I make a great roast lamb. Okay. Well, there yeah. you go. That's terrific. Yeah, boneless leg. Yeah, go ahead. The fast food places in the fast food, what I would call fast food places in in Greece, the souvlaki places, they're delicious. It's oh, it's all, amazing. It's all fresh. Yep. I don't know why you can't open that. I mean, we have a Greek place near where I live called the feisty greek and, oh yeah that's and, a great spot yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's great and you get your um you know lamb kebabs or chicken kebabs or anything they throw into the whole mix is is delicious in mykonos we went to a place called yanni's i want to say on the water and the first thing i didn't understand was now have you been to mykonos or no i have okay yeah the first thing i didn't understand was it, it was like all the buildings look kind of the same. Like they're they're all that intentionally it, so. Well, right. Have you heard the, no, the reason tell, why? No, tell me. Well, they were afraid know, that the uh, the Turkish army was going to come through, and they wanted to the, the labyrinths within the uh, downtown harbor right. are intentionally confusing. If you go down there and walk there, especially yeah. if you've had a few cocktails, sure, you could be walking in circles for a, a long of, time. A little bit of ouzo. A little bit of ouzo. Um, that's amazing. I never knew that. I can't yeah. believe I was there for like three or four days and no one mentioned that. <laughs> it's all that. Uh, you call that stucco, stucco or white, white, stucco yeah, white, yeah. yeah, and it's and they're gorgeous. Like, but so every so there are these, you know, terrific restaurants. You know, both both mom and pop and and more upscale and hotels of all sorts. But m- many of them are just built into the shell into these shells. Yeah, uh, these and, and so there's almost like a dreamlike quality to the city. We went on um, what was called Greek night at this restaurant. Now, as it happened. Yanni is this old man of the sea who owns this restaurant and apparently is is one of the wealthiest men on the island. But wow. you wouldn't know it because he he kind of pops his head out of the office while you know everyone's enjoying their meal at Yan, the Yanni's restaurant, and he's he's his skin is is so leathery from just it seems <laughs> like he's been in the sun like every day since he was seven. Um, he had that old man of the sea kind of look about him, you yeah. know, big smile on his face. No shoes. No shoes. It would, it would, it would probably not past white muster. mustache, white eyebrows, yeah. white hair. You know yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, but clearly was um, a, you know was very proud of of what he had made here because the the Greek. Well, now maybe this was a tourist version of it. They kind of put on a show for the tourists that are there, but it's the whole deal. Like you'll be eating your dinner, and then all the waiters will stop and and just start dancing to some traditional Greek tune. People were buying like shots of alcohol and sliding them across the floor to these waiters who were dancing so they could do a shot in between. Yeah. It, it is a lot of shtick and just fun. And I noticed, um, again, uh, I was lucky. I was I was blessed, as people will say, because I paid for none of this. I'm sure it was <laughs> exorbitantly expensive meal, but they kept bringing out appetizers. And that's I guess that's what tap. Tapas, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, meze, they call it in Greek. It's okay. tapas. It's, yeah, uh, so you just eat a lot of little plates. You don't have and sit and have a big meal. Yeah, just I had graze. Yeah, yeah. octopus like Ugh. like soaked yeah. in butter. Oh my god, so good. And then just when we thought we couldn't eat anymore, this guy Yanni happened to be buddies with this this sort of patriarch figure who was with us. This guy named Telly, who was an OBGYN, who it turned out had delivered Yanni's kids. So we oh, didn't realize geez. we were sitting with. The Godfather, this revered man. So we get we were given the white glove treatment 
just when we thought we couldn't eat anymore, they bring out these enormous lobsters that 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 were probably caught like about forty five minutes earlier yeah, and, and yeah, cooked yeah. and so fresh, <laughs> so delicious. Let's go back, Nick. Let's you go. Oh, it's great. So, yeah. That's my son's favorite. We we took the kids there. My son, uh, well, think about it. He's a eight nine year old kid, yeah. and uh, we were going to Greece, and we spent about two weeks, three weeks there, and. So my brother-in-law, who grew up in Greece, said, you know, you might want to explain to him about the beaches. And I said, well, what about the beaches? And he said, well, you know, you go on to Mykonos, there's going to be guaranteed topless beaches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then there's clothing optional. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you want to stay away from those with the kids. Right. So we, <laughs> we, we're telling them, my son about this at the dinner table about three weeks before we're going to go. And, uh, and my daughter's on one end, my son's on the other, and my wife and I are talking. And uh, we said, hey, hey, we call him A.Y. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of fun over there. The beaches are beautiful, everything. But, you know, just to be a little prepared, uh, yeah. you know, some of the beaches, they uh, the women go topless. And, mm. and he goes, and all of a sudden this big grin comes across <laughs> his face. And then, and then he's sitting around, he's looking, and he looks at his mother, and he goes, you're not going to do that, are you, Mom? <laughs> Bad visual. <laughs> so we get to Greece and right. uh, check into the hotel. We had completely forgot all about this. You know, right. we get there. He hotel's hadn't. on the water. It's gorgeous. Absolutely right. beautiful. He couldn't get his bathing suit on fast <laughs> enough, and he took off. The next thing I, I know, it. he comes back. He knocks on the door. He goes, Dad, remember what you told us a few weeks ago about the beach? I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we couldn't find him. He was on the beach the whole, the whole two, three, four days, I don't know, five days. Uh, yeah. You never forget when you see your first booby. <laughs> God I bless mean, the kid. He I was mean, so once, happy. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's be honest. When you're a young man and you first learn what a booby is, you, you, you don't mind seeing a booby here and there. I mean, it's why, you know, it's the reason why we snuck into R-rated movies. It was the only, you know, I had to get into Stripes. To see that, oh, that, yeah, well, that one right. scene, you know. Oh, God, um, that was a great movie, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It reminds me that there's something just uh, adorable and uh, about a young man, a young man who, who is, sort of, is, is sort of an innocent curiosity about yeah. that stuff. And to me, that's why this is this will be a twisted uh, segue, but um, on the Oscars years ago, not too many years ago, but Seth MacFarlane, you know, creator of The Family Guy, he was the host. And he did a satirical song called We Saw Your Boobs. Yeah. And, and he listed <laughs> off all these actors. And, of course, in this day and age, he got all kinds of blowback. Like, that was cruel, that was offensive, that was, you know, some of the movies you referenced were about very serious subjects. It was like, no, it was it was it was self mocking. It was about how in every man lives a little boy who just who just wants to see a boob. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, I bet your son laughed at that that little bit. But that but yeah. All right, so everybody go to Greece. You and go they, to Greece. They, they, a great the, spot the to be. The economy could still use the help. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, so before we go, we're a little bit up against the clock here, but we we haven't oh. talked too much about about Acufile, and I want to make sure you get it gets properly. Plug. Yeah. So it's so it's so it's acufile.com. Acufile.com. A C C U F I L E. F I L E. You people know how to spell. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a basic, easy spelling. You know, we, we founded it uh, back in 1986 as a for the lawyers here, a little mm-hmm. loose leaf filing service. Update the loose leaf periodicals. That's all we were doing. And mm-hmm. we probably got over 70,000 hours a year just doing that. Um, Are these like the advanced sheets? Yeah, um, advanced sheets. Advanced, yeah. Uh, if you use the state tax code, you know, back down to CCH, they still print it mm-hmm. you, you, every week. You get an update, you know, they take the old pages out, put the new pages in because the laws have changed. Right. You know, these are all with their amendments to the law. So it was a neat little business and uh, kept growing and growing. And I finally had to leave my 
real gig at that time, right? So I was working for a consulting firm mm-hmm. in the finance group and uh, just rolled this out and kept going. And that morphed into, I'd go into a mid-sized small firm, small firm, like a, we can plug a, a Kasner and Edwards, great firm, sure. you know, and uh, go into a firm like that and say, uh, can I talk to your librarian? I want to sell the services. I'd be out selling and I'd be introduced to the kid in the mail room. And I go, that's not a law librarian. Let's right. show you what a law librarian could do. So then right. we started outsourcing that. Well, the world of print, as we were talking before, is, uh, geez, we're not, we're not doing anything near that and loosely filing. So the business became now virtual research. You know, we do on-demand research. We can do it anywhere. We're supporting firms on the West Coast, Midwest, mm-hmm. uh, large firms, small firms, some of the biggest in the world to some sole practitioners. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I imagine this is yeah. a big... Savings actually for firms to to pay you to do some of this rather than yep. the alternative would be you know maybe to hire a whole new body and yep. when you just need you know projects research projects right yeah when you need them so yeah. to go hire right. a full time law librarian that's skilled in research uh, all in you're probably eighty to a hundred grand a year you know easily right um, and you don't need it mm-hmm. you know so we're we can use us when you need us and even the large firms use us as uh, overflow. Mm-hmm. We get busy, somebody's on vacation, uh, somebody's out sick, uh, blah, 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 you know, all that. So mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's really where the business has gone. And then on the other side, it's still managing the libraries, but now it's more of an electronic resource. It's training, it's authenticating IP addresses so that the resources are available to the attorneys and customizing that link. Do uh, most of the la- large yeah. law firms in town still have physical libraries? They do, but, you know, you would go to a Goodwin, and, you know, that, and that's a great firm, by the way. Yep. But uh, their library would be multiple floors. Right. Now a print library, it's, uh, it's now more of a, an information center, you mm-hmm. know, so it's a lot of PCs, you know, not even PCs. You don't even do that, you know. You yeah. walk around with your, your iPad, you go to court with your iPhone, right? Yeah. So it's about the delivery of information. It's it's legal research is just a complicated thing. And so you, you if you're not versed in it, even as a young attorney, like I sucked at it, I would not trust myself with anything. And the reason why is because, uh, mainly because, and the reason why to this day they need companies like AccuFile is because it's constantly changing. And, and God forbid you miss a change in the law that affects your client's yeah. situation, right? And that that's on you. That's right. malpractice, you know. But yeah. but in the old days, I mean, it was, you know, when I went to law school and learned how to do research, it it, it felt like such an inexact science to me, which in a way it is. Because, it is. Because, um, you know, you got to pick the right topic and pick the right this. And then, you know, you think you have the controlling case. Like, well, you know, Commonwealth versus Rodriguez, it says, you know, the cop's not allowed to shine the flashlight in your trunk. And then... Eh, but then, you know, you forgot about Commonwealth versus Dalton where this other thing happened. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, yep. um, by the way, a quick aside. My mom told me a funny story about her days in the DA's office. She was she worked for Scott Harshbarger, Middlesex DA's office back in the 80s. And she there was this one lawyer who she was certain that used to make. Uh, we'll put one swear in the podcast today. Just used to make shit up. Just <laughs> used to say, but your honor, um, we're forgetting about uh, Commonwealth versus uh, Weintraub where the blah, blah, blah. And my mom, one day she had had enough and she says, well, yes, your honor, but 
we're also forgetting about Commonwealth versus Rodriguez, where the where the where the uh, you know it was found so that they were the, both the state was allowed, <laughs> right? And somehow that that worked, and the judge didn't bother to look up either of these fictional cases. Um, sometimes you got to have a little BS in you, you but, right? Good litigation. But it used to be you'd go to the 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 book that you you start, you know, Massachusetts law, general law, you know, whatever, whatever, look it up by subject. I've got my law. Well, no, there's also case law. So now you yeah. got to go to the case books. And then of course the, the pocket parts, which were, which if, if you would not know what that is unless you went to law school, but there'd yeah. be a book, but because the book, the book, you know, in a matter of speaking, goes out of date the moment it's printed as soon you know? as they finish the yeah the ink dries it's out as of soon date. as the ink yeah. dries yeah, yeah. It, so let's say the next month the u.s supreme court or the supreme judicial court here in massachusetts decides a case that's the law now and you got to know that and there was this they called it a pocket part which is like a mini sort of almost like a pamphlet thing although they could be quite big sometimes which the the librarians would receive them and they would slip them into the back of these books yeah and so it, you had to look at the and the professors always don't forget to check the pocket part. So you check the pocket part, and like you know, every once in a while, it's, uh, some some jerk, you know, BU law student would like steal the pocket part or razor it out because he's so competitive. And uh, anyway, really, we, a yeah. lawyer doing that? What a surprise! Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey. These are your people. These are I'm your people, kidding. and my people too. I know you. Hey, I, lo- I love lawyers. Yeah. My mother's a lawyer. So well, there you go. Mine yeah. is too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's AccuFile.com, and there's all kinds of info. If people want to get in touch with you, Nick, is that the best way? Just go to the website. And- yeah, and Ipsilantis at AccuFile.com. It's on the website, so just you, you don't have to go. I'm not going to spell it because nobody the- will get it. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at each other like, um, what? <laughs> we have one thing in common and one thing very non in common. We, we, have, we both have names that begin with the letter Y. We yes. both have names that are commonly misspelled, but but mine is is in a matter of speaking more frustrating because it's only three letters. Constant people constantly misspell it. Yours, you have a better excuse. It's just this this wonderfully elegant, but long and hard to spell <laughs> Greek name, Ypsilantis. Anyway, I'm going to put um, Nick's contact info in the show notes of this very podcast. So if um, you want more info on Nick, just just look there. And by the way, just a super guy to. Thank you. Now, I hope you're not blushing, Nick, to to network Thank with. You. He's um, a gentleman. He's a charming guy. He knows a ton of people. So look him up if uh, you want to say hi. And uh, by the way, if you're watching this uh, podcast on the Adori app, that, by the way, is A-D-O-R-I. Go to the App Store if you don't have this, by the way. It's really cool. cool. Yeah, because the what happens is you, you look at the, the podcast on your uh, – I was going to show you an example, Nick. I'll show you later. Okay. But, <laughs> but what happens is images come up as the podcast goes on. So it's almost like a slideshow, which can include uh, links and polls and all kinds of other ways. And we'll have uh, Nick's photo and info on the Adori app as well, Love A-D-O-R-I. It. Very cool. Did you have fun, my friend? I had a blast. This I, is a lot of fun. Our, our mutual so. friend, Scott Z. Zegler, said, yeah. you got to go on. Yeah. So I'm on. I, I hope did he it. was right. He Z- is right. Ziegler, I can't keep him away from this place. He's 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 in at least once a month to talk about I love that music. Guy too. Me too. We love you, Scott. We miss you. Um, Nick Ypsilantis from AccuFile. You. You're the best. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks also to our sponsor, U.S. Postal Service. USPS.com slash careers is where you go for info about careers at the Postal Service. And on behalf of my friend, Nick Ypsilantis, I will tell you that my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, my friends. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy. I am a father of finance. You're not going to do that, are you, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> Bad visual. <laughs>